The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. All right, let's turn our attention now to valuation, but for companies that are already public. Peter Anderson is the chief investment officer and vice president of Fiduciary Trust, and he joins us now from Boston, home to Bloomberg 1200. Peter, hi, thank you for being being with us. You just heard this a little bit about um, uh, Snapchat and a potential $25 billion valuation Mm -hmm. for a company that's doing a billion billion in revenue a year. How how do you value the the stock market right now generally? I mean, what what are some of the key metrics? And do you think that investors uh, are paying too much for the earnings that they're currently receiving? Well, you know, normally I would give you a rational answer to that, Pim, but I think what's happening now is uh, things seem to be trading far more on uh, feelings, uh, hope, rather than logic. And let me explain. I think there's a ton of uncertainties out there. I mean, we always can point to something, but now we seem to have such a confluence of uh, really worrisome factors. I mean, let's just tick them off, right? The election outcome. Uh, banks are in the, the forefront now, uh, Deutsche Bank and Wells Fargo. You've got the Fed always wondering, you know, we're wondering about their raising rates. You have Brexit, the jobs number tomorrow, which is to less an extent the jobs number. But in general, you have all these uncertainties, and they're kind of combining at a time that is really unfortunate for analysts because it's so hard to make any predictions on any of those things right now. Well, and it's understandable then, too, why people are... you know, eager to keep buying stocks, you got to get you got to get a return someplace. Yields are low in in fixed income. Yep. At the same time, it's just like the same thing happens to the Fed. It's happened for what three or four years. Every time they're ready to really make a move, mm-hmm. something happens. Yep, Brexit that, happens, or the Chinese yep. stock market just plunges. And yes. I guess if I'm an investor, that's what I, I I'm 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 gun shy. Yeah, I would say, uh, but the best way to approach being gun-shy at this point is to be fully diversified. I mean, I know that's a trite phrase, but it really does come into play when you have so many uncertainties. You know, normally I think we can handle, oh, probably two or three, but when you start getting four, five, six, I think uh, the best of modelers out there just cannot really factor that in, and uh, you can either stay on the sidelines and risk market timing, or you can go full steam ahead or maybe turn back a little but not stay on the sidelines because there is just no way to call things like this election even. Tell us a little bit about some industry groups, if you don't mind, because mm-hmm. the election and politics can play a role in the valuations that yep. investors give for, let's say, the healthcare industry. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Pim, I think the other thing is uh, it's so difficult this time around because when you look at both candidates, uh, it is truly, you know, the metrics we've used in the past to predict presidential uh, victories. I'm not sure how applicable they are in this case because this might go down in history as one of the most disliked, uh, unenthusiastic elections we've had. Uh, 
I've heard anecdotal stories about there are no uh, lawn signs on anybody's lawn, bumper stickers, etc. You can see a lot of that in our nation, which is indicative of the fact that there's not a lot of enthusiasm. So when you try to use general common sense principles, for instance, health care, you know, we've always heard that calculus that uh, if Clinton is elected, uh, friend of health care, etc. But I'm not certain that we can go that far at this point because it doesn't seem like there's a convergence on who will actually be winning. So, Peter, what should I do? I mean, if everyone's gun shy mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 if, and if some individual companies will continue to grow, mm-hmm. you know, because they are, they're, they're lucky or they've got a great business, whatever yep. it is, yep. what do I do if I'm, I don't want to stop investing? I'd like to make some money. Yeah. Well, uh, first, I think the, the U.S. stock market is probably the best game in town, right? Especially if you're looking at, say, mid or small cap companies. Let's just figure that the reason why that would be attractive is that it doesn't have off, uh, overseas exposure. The product lines are usually ring fenced within the United States. The consumer, for all the uh, gnashing of teeth we've, we've mentioned on these programs about is the consumer up or down or sideways, I would say the consumer is growing okay. And sentiment is okay. So if you tie into that, you'd probably want to buy stocks that are in the mid and small cap space because they're less exposed to international pressures in currency, for instance. You make a good point. Is there... Is there a different? Do you look at the valuations differently for a small or mid-cap stock? I think in this case, you know, it always depends on the situation at hand. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in this case, I think you do because you have to look at the relative uh, attractiveness of, say, large multinational companies and the risk that you're opening yourself up to with that currency risk, et cetera, interest rates if they're raised, how does that impact currency and those divisions? Whereas on a small and mid-cap, maybe there is a more of a premium because it's a, I don't know, coin a phrase, it's an analyzable, you know, the, the uh, capability for it to be analyzed is better. Therefore, maybe it demands a uh, higher premium because you can understand it easier in this environment. Hmm. Huh. So uh, what about just the, your, your, your macroeconomic outlook? You've got about 20 seconds left and is it going to be strong enough to support the stock market? I think the U.S. it will, but I think Brexit, we have a long, long way to go. People are not focusing enough on the fact that it might take two to four years for us to figure out how Brexit is going to play out, let alone how it's going to impact stocks, say, in the next six months. Therefore, stay a long-term investor. All right. Peter Anderson, thank you so very much for joining us today on Taking Stock. He's Chief Investment Officer at Fiduciary Trust in Boston. Well, we're almost there. The market closed. That means our stocks editor, Dave Wilson, will be back to join us for Movers and Shakers. Stocks narrowly mixed, but within that, you've got some stocks that are really making some moves. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.